it's that time of the month again. It's the Motorhead Monthly Podcast, the Monthly Motorhead Discography Podcast. Although that's not what I should be saying in the intro for this, because we're trying something a bit different, guys. The reason I started this podcast is because I didn't see anyone else talking about Motorhead, and I thought, well, that's a crime. Someone should be doing it. And I wanted people to share their opinions on what we were talking about. It's not really happening. So now, every now and again, we're going to take a break from the format of the month-by-month album, and we're going to have someone on to talk about Motorhead. And it just so happens that the first person we have on to talk about Motorhead is our new friend, Coop, who hosts the Spoken Metal Show podcast, available on iTunes and SoundCloud, and has actually got some Motorhead stories because he has toured around in a band and as a guitar tech. So... He's given us an insight to life on the road while talking about Motorhead, who writes songs about life on the road. And that's fucking cool. Cooper's a really cool guy. Never met him before. Just listened to his show. Thought, this is a guy who's really passionate about music. I wonder if he's got any Motorhead stories he could tell. And it turns out he did. And he came on the show, and we spoke for an hour. Comes across very evidently in this show that this is a dude who loves talking about music. And that's what I like doing, too. I like listening to people talk about music. So it's a perfect match. In the future, we want to do more of this stuff, man. So... If you've got any Motorhead stories, get in touch with us. We're on the Twitters now on a Moto Monthly, M-O-T-O Monthly. You can leave comments underneath the hosting site, topatandcanes.com, where the podcast is hosted. You can email me directly at topatandcanes at outlook.com. And, you know, let's let's work something out. You don't even have to come on. Just just send me a story and I'll read it out loud. We can Skype or we can come to you. If you've got any ins with anyone who was a part of the Motorhead Road crew, that's totally something we would be interested in. Me and Matt will travel the country to talk to someone. We're going to get better microphones to do this part as well. May not be the best sound quality, but this is a really good episode and totally something we want to do more of going forward. Next month, we are going to go back to the album-by-album album thing. But after that, who knows? Hopefully you listen to Coop Show after this, the Spoken Metal Show, available on iTunes and SoundCloud. And hopefully you'll keep listening to us too. Well, let's get on with this new take of the Motorhead Monthly Show, our Motorhead Chat with a Motorhead fan, Coop from the Spoken Metal Show. So all of our podcasts, before we started, Matt Show comes here, sits down and he goes... Terrible album, that. <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and then we sit down and we listen to the album. And by the end of it, it's like, it's not the greatest album because now, what period are we in now? Like the 90s? Yeah, it's the, the 80s ones. Joe wants, once everyone leaves. <laughs> so when so the everyone leaves. <laughs> All right, okay, so, so we rolling right yeah, now. Yeah. <laughs> is that your introduction? <laughs> that the fuck is, that's the worst introduction. <laughs> Thank you very much for having me on. Yeah, well, we're going to work our way up to that, obviously. It was is, going to be like... Is, oh, is this, oh, was it kind of like schmoozing period? Yeah, yeah, like, like oh, Dancing, and then eventually <laughs> put your hand on the ass and stuff. Yeah, that's cool. But it's... Yeah, so everyone starts with you going, that's a terrible album. <laughs> and you think, like, every Motorhead fan's going to go, what the fuck? It's probably they actually... They keep coming back. <laughs> I'm, I'm completely wrong. It's the greatest intro ever, because straight away, you're going to get everybody pissed off when they're going to, what's the fucking worst album? I need to know what it is. And then they're listening, and you've got it. It's genius. I was wrong. Do you know what, though? We've, no, we've not had anyone like emailing us going, what are you saying? Another perfect day is the greatest piece of music oh, ever here's, recorded. Here's the thing, right? So as you become more popular, as the podcast becomes more popular, people go listen and, and binge the whole thing. So you'll forget that you'll do Iron Fist. You'll forget about what you said. And then 6,000 episodes down the line, someone will go back and they'll listen to all these episodes and they'll be like, what the fuck did you mean? <laughs> At 32 minutes 35, you said that the bass player was... Da, 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 da. And then they'll pull you up and you're like, fuck, I've got to go back and listen to it. Was all right. Well, as long as they're listening, you know? Mm. <laughs> I 
That's it. So is this just something we started as just an excuse to listen to Motorhead albums more often, really? Yeah, like, I've been listening all day to Motorhead albums, but then that's the same as most days. But I've, I've <laughs> guys done that. Yeah, it's a research that I'll listen to all of this album. Yeah, research. Yeah, I think that's the thing, because you find you pick your favourites and you base your playlist around your favourites. Yeah. But then when you actually delve into the albums, even though they're all... Not that they're all much of a muchness, because they do sort of twist and turn and there are... Mm-hmm like different sounds and everything between them you sort of find the the gems there that aren't necessarily in the yeah. set list and everything but there are some albums what they are just terrible oh, there's no there's no saving <laughs> do, you think so. that, do you think that we have that because it used to be back way back in three thousand years ago when i listened to vinyl and obviously vinyl's popular again so you just got one record and you put it on and and then obviously as as, as listening tastes and habits changed you just had Spotify where you said best of Motorhead and you clicked it. And what happens then is you miss some of the, the gems yeah. that are in there. Totally. You know, like, so you probably... Killed by Death isn't on a lot of lists when I did, I did like, best of it. It's not on there. And I fucking love that song. Believe this or believe it not, We Are The Root Crew's not on a lot of those lists as well. Oh, we, we love We Are we'll The We'll get into that because that's my, that's, my, <laughs> that's my favourite song. But there's, it means that some of these gems are kind of like lost in the crevasses of spotify and you know as people just pick the highlight acts but i agree with you there i mean it's like anybody with a body of work maiden priest all those like massive metal and rock acts is you 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 kind of implied to think that every single album is amazing every single album is is brilliant front to back there isn't a bad note on it no band can do that no band can go that long you know you know 40 50 years and 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 not have a couple of duffers. Yeah. I'm not saying to the to the mob outside the the motor have got some duffers. There's always a fairly high level of quality, but they often seem to be recording albums. And certainly, something from listening back to other episodes is they seem to be listening recording albums. I should say, kind of like on the run. They'd like go, okay, let's get into an album. It's got to be done in nine weeks or whatever. Yeah. Probably not even long as that. Let's get it done and then get out again. And you just. You're capturing a little bit of an essence of them. You're getting a snapshot. It's like if you go to New York for for two days, you're not going to see everything New York has. You're going to see some of the birds, some of the bad, and that's it. And then you get pulled out and you go somewhere else. It's like that. Um, you just get a little snapshot of what's going on with them. Um, and sometimes it's good, and sometimes uh, it's very uh, bad. Yeah. It's yeah. a t- taste in there. Yeah, we definitely yeah. found that. Like As you say, going back to something like Iron Fist, when you know there's obviously issues between... Eddie yeah. Clark and Lemmy that have gone on for a number of years and you yeah. sort of see, you don't quite see them come into a head but there's like we find the odd barb on an album like uh, just example on Bomber with uh, is it on Bomber? it is Sorry. Dead Men Telling Our Tales isn't it? if you say so yeah I'm a bastard for an but it's, <laughs> it's Jimmy Miller isn't it? yeah when he's on smack and like for overkill <laughs> it goes alright and generally they, they get a lot out of him mm. and that he's a decent producer on it yeah. but by the time they come round to produce Bomber He's back on the smack. And yeah, it opens I, with Dead Men Tell yeah, Tales, and it almost I, I, I seems like a, lot, a real a lot, jabber. A lot's been said about that, about him being, you know, on the smack and stuff, and disappearing for you know hours on end, and you know not being compass, and then all the rest of it. And I think that I think they probably brought him in because they're probably mates. I mean, you know, Lemmy wrote you know more than one song about about the abuses of of drugs that he didn't think were you know the way forward. And I think they were probably just really good mates, and he could just do the job. 
it's like your mate who can paint and decorate, and you're like, fuck, he's a bit of a pain in the arse, but he can paint and decorate, <laughs> so I'll get him in and give him the work. And you think, versus someone who you're going to have to blood in and, and get to know properly. I mean, yeah, he was on Smack, but I don't know. He's, would, he, would we have got those albums, that sound? We want it. It's like over overkill's produced fantastically and yeah, everything good. and it's like he's picked for that album because he's the only name that let me recognize it's like I, i've heard of him yeah yeah <laughs> that's the way it went but because that was so successful that's why they got him back yeah but, you wonder yeah. like if that's how he's picking producers to stay in that producer chair must have you must have more than just being quite well liked you must have some ear for yeah. for motorhead like one of the things that uh of the the the, the crew and, and Motorhead themselves and everybody by extension from the sound guy to the producer once you're in that that thing you're Motorhead f- for the rest of your life you know the Motorhead's crew is seen as a, as a cut above if you if you it's like uh, crews for Pink Floyd crews for Led Zeppelin crews for Motorhead are all kind of seen as being a cut above not that you only you've just got to be good at your job you do you also have to be rock and roll and rock and roll the, the real rock and roll where it's like you know you, you're going to going to bed late and getting up uh, going to bed early and going to bed late is, is kind of like you know completely fused up now so it's like if you're going to be doing Motorhead you're drinking you, 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 it's all it's everything it's the full lifestyle and they're kind of ordered like you know I've met many of uh, of Motorhead's crew very privileged to say and these guys are, are cut above and it's no ex- by extension and it's no surprise that someone who's producing them would also have to live that lifestyle would just be fast and hard you know they, I get the feeling certainly by listening back to the albums they didn't expect to get past fucking the first one they didn't expect <laughs> yeah, to, yeah. if you said to them when they were recording say Motorhead or what you know whichever one they're you just want to see like all blues tunes aren't they they're just yeah. like let's get in and make a record and let's see what happens and you know what I think that's probably how it went right the way up to like Bad Magic and the very <laughs> end when he was just like kept don't know if I'm going to get another album out of this let's let's go and do another one kept, that's the lemmy thing isn't it he just yeah. kept going everyone was telling him like slow down you're, like, you're in your 70s you're clearly not very well just chill out and he's like nah I'm on the road well that's for me that's killed by death isn't it is that you know the him coming off the road is just you know and when I when I when I sort of started listening to them back in the 80s there was a brief sort of time of maybe let's say brief a couple of years where he kind of almost stood back a little bit you didn't see them as much before people rediscovered them. every generation discovers Motorhead again and they they kind of got rediscovered again and and kind of like the logo was more about everywhere and everybody was like what's this legend of this man called lemmy they're all my bands that i like like for example when you know, metallica came to prominence heffield's always and, and oryx always going on about about lemmy and yeah. so a lot of kids are like who the fuck's this lemmy guy who the fuck and that's how i kind of started listening to motorhead is the i like many saw them on tiz was and then saw them playing on on the young ones and i was like what the yeah. fuck is what what is this <laughs> Because none of those guys are good looking. <laughs> they're all, they're, none of them are wearing makeup or costumes. They look like they've come off the street. And it's and, and they're playing music. I don't know why I like it, but I really like it. I don't know why. And my first thought was fucking fear of like, what the <laughs> fuck is, is this is this act, like this band? And so I didn't kind of go and start listening to them because I just wasn't ready. Yeah. So I went, I went, I went more softer route like ACDC and, and Judas Priest and bands like that. And I listened to these bands and I was like, I'll work up to to, to Motorhead because <laughs> I'm not, up. I'm not hard enough. I'm not, I'm not ready for it because they were like, you know, all the kind of spit of, of punk, but all the fucking, uh, you know, hard drinking of rock and roll. Yeah. And it was always like, 
And so when I kind of started listening to them, then see, I was I was born in '75 when they kind of started, and so I was only a kid when they were kind of a baby when they were kind of getting some of their best stuff. But then in like the sort of late '80s when I started listening to metal a lot like like early Metallica and stuff I, I, I risked buying an album you know I was like I got an album so I got like you know uh, the Ace of Spades as you would imagine and not, and, and by extension then you know uh, Hammersmith and stuff and I started listening and I was like fucking hell so Ace of Spades was your first album it was the first album well technically speaking I kind of bought them around the same time oh, Yeah. I just, just I just saw them and I kind of was like got the balls to go and buy them and that's what they were it was like it was no mean feat listening to a motorhead album it was like you must listen to, for me it was like you must listen to it from beginning to end you must study all of the lyrics you must study all of the cover you must understand it adopt it and have an opinion and defend it <laughs> and that was how i so then you know so like that's why and ace of spades is such an easy thing it's like kind of their black album it's their kind of like you it's know rain album, and blood it's it, it, it's that good because it's like you know, it's mad to think that that's commercially successful. Yeah, it's commercially yeah. and it's crazy. It's a well-known fucking thing as well, yeah. and it's such a hardcore tune. And then, and then, as most people did, they either kind of got scared off and were like, "What the fuck is too much?" Or they kind of went, "Right, hold on, where's all this coming from?" So then you go back to a Gasmatron, and, and 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 you go back to that type of thing, and you kind of, oh, okay, I'm starting to get this, and you kind of like work up to listening to them, yeah. and you kind of look past. Ace of Spades, uh, which is like a brilliant sort of, you know, handshake, and then you go, okay, that's great. And that's when I discovered, obviously, we are the Road Crew, and then from that, then I started to kind of listen to them a lot, mm-hmm. a lot. And I normally listen to them before I went out because Motorhead you couldn't listen to when you come back from the club. It was like it, it's it's music to get ready ready for 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 a fight, like you get yeah, ready yeah. for a war. Or as Lemmy said, you know, uh, drive like a motorbike into a pillar, like you know, it's <laughs> that type of music. And then I started going and, and listening to the, and then that just carried on. They, I, I, they were part of me, like because Lemmy was a touchstone. Everybody has touchstones in a life where there's like people who you listen to because they are authoritative voices on everything. Now, when I first listened to to, to Motorhead, I'm like, this sounds really good. I really like the drums. I really like the guitar. I really like what the sound. This sound makes sense to me. But then I read about Lemmy. So I, I, I listen to what he's saying. I listen to somebody's, and I'm thinking, hmm, I agree with that, and that kind of makes makes sense to me. And I wasn't the only one, you know. Hetfield, Chris Jericho, with Crane, as I've, I've said previously, is they all did were doing the same thing I would do. I was doing, and they were going, okay, this guy's actually making life decisions because one of the mis- here's one of the misconceptions about Lemmy is that. He was just kind of like went on stage, played a load of songs, went off drunk and fell over. And it's like, there's a, the man's. You've seen you've seen the documentary. The man's more than that. He was articulate. He yeah, was knowledgeable. He was yeah. He was, very, he was an absolute gentleman. And he, he, the load of life lessons. Heffield says on the on the on documentary. He's like, I never saw him drunk. Never saw him acting stupid. Never said anything stupid. Anything he spoke on, he spoke. He spoke up. That guy's. Why are all my heroes looking at that guy? That's that's a fucking hero mm. right there. So then, Motorhead became a rite of passage. So when a Motorhead album came out, you had to, you had to opinion on it. And this goes all the way through, you know, Bastards, and and and, and as we moved through Hammered and all that type of thing. And it was weird because it, it, like Lemmy drew a lot of a, a lot of parallels with what was going on in my life. Kind of started to intertwine. I started being in a band, so. Okay. I'd go touring and I'd go out and see Lemmy pictures everywhere and Motorhead signs everywhere and I'm like, oh my God, especially in Europe, 
these are these are the, the big they're a big deal they really are and then you start listening to the songs and they make sense to your life the first time you break up with mm. a girl the first time you fight it's definitely we are the road crew when you first time you go touring and then as i started got, kind of got into that and i started like guitar tech and tour managing the stuff for bands even more so i kind of started to see lots and lots of things i was like he's saying that i understand he's saying that and it came like all the way up to like even you know when he passed and i i watched his memorial he showed his memorial yeah. show like, is it called memorial i think it is and i watched that as as a as as a fan as much as a as someone who, who felt that he knew him as i'm sure a lot of people did as as they knew him because everything that he wrote he was a world traveler man he was he was, he was just he spent most of his life on the road didn't he yeah. he's, going, he's going to pick and stuff up just learn stuff you know he just you know ter- terribly misunderstood on some things but he just learned uh, all this information and he, and he could just have it in a way a such very british self-depreciating sense of humor as well so everything deli- delivered you, you just knew that if he was saying something it, you listened mm. if he was playing it you probably listened as well yeah. like me and that's kind of where i i i kind of you never stop being in love with Motorhead because once you've you've got them, they've they've tattooed you. You know you're there, you're there forever. Um, and so listening to your podcast is one of those ones of another way of kind of like taking your missus out on a date again because you're like, different. let's 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 bring some bring the old magic back to relation. What yeah. we do? Okay, let's let's do listening to your podcast. I go, you know what? Iron Fist isn't one of my favourite albums, but I, I, I can't remember that song for it. I want to go back and listen to that yeah. song because I don't agree. <laughs> and like you say, like, oh, well, love me like a reptile. You went to Kina. I remember liking that song. I want to go back and, and listen to it. So the service that you're providing, and it is a service, is incredibly important because Motorhead's got like, what, 22 albums, 10 studio, 11 studio albums. Um, where the fuck would you start from that? And you'd be too scared. Like a kid goes, oh, well, I know fucking motorhead of the men but where do i even start this podcast is where you start oh that's that's good i've never thought of us as providing a service to the kids you but... most definitely are most definitely yeah. are. well done us man well, <laughs> <laughs> but that's that that's the, that's the truth if i know lenny's always said like you know can't it just be superficial and rock and roll should just be enjoyed at a at a, at a surface level of just enjoy it. it's it, there it is this doesn't need to be but it does need to be kept alive it does need to be uh, you know uh, the tree needs to be watered and refreshed every now and again yeah like, especially you know, this this not as much as they used to be around anymore. Yeah, and we and, need to and keep on to what we have. Here's here's the thing. Here's an elephant in, in in the room that we probably do need to talk about is the uh, the appropriation of Motorhead as a symbol, mm-hmm. in the same way kind of like Nike has. You know, it's a. I now, comfort myself with that by thinking Lemmy must have signed off on the use of the. Right. Here's suit. here's my thoughts on this. Here's my thoughts oh, on this. I'll tell you another subject. We're very this metal, is be a big and it's, one. it's a yeah. Here's my thoughts. So. Yeah, that's I've, I've covered this before. I haven't got a problem with it, and and I'll tell you for why. Because here's the hope, because I live on hope, is that some kid buys the T-shirt because they know the logo's cool, like the Ramones or Guns N' Roses or ACDC, or with these classic iconography. But that kid goes, you know what? I should probably listen to them as well. And he trots off to his Spotify, and he goes, Motorhead, and he puts it in, and he puts it in without the umlauts and stuff. <laughs> And it comes up, and that kid listens to uh, Overkill. 
and his just his face gets melted. And it's like, oh my fucking! I thought it was just a cool T-shirt. Oh shit! These so are there's, amazing. There's hope that it's a if we get to one, if we get one, then for it's every a... thousand, I think it's a good idea. I think that I'm I'm happy with that because that's the only way we're gonna get maybe new people to to listen to it and continue the lineage. I mean, you know, do, 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 at the end of, of of time, there'll be cockroaches and motorhead albums. It's as simple as that, and so. Uh, that's my hope that you know he, he did, even you yes he did probably sign off on it uh and i always wonder why did, people, why did he sign off it did he do funny no it's not even i'm telling you now lemmy never did anything for money um that some kid picks up that album and 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 goes shit this is fucking great yeah you know and, and keeps going so you are providing a service See, I've, I've heard that stuff about like the logo and everything before. I know a lot of bands have talked about that. Like, there is a line to be drawn somewhere. Yeah. Like, but at the end of the day, I mean, you say it's not about money, but they need to get, they need to eat. <laughs> they need, yeah. they need yeah, money no, to live no, on. Valid. Things I don't like think. That. I don't think. I think he, he kind of maybe swerved money. Let me, if you think about it, when he first started and they had fuck all yeah. money, they didn't care about it because they had fuck all. Mm. And then pretty much after Ace of Spades, and that like what? It's, that's like the it's a number one album. It's a, Christ knows what the royalties are on that. Like that's probably you know, and we're at what four albums in there, five albums mm. in by that time, and that pretty much probably set them. And I don't mean set them so he can have a, a, a mansion in fucking Maui and shit. He set yeah. them so he didn't really have to worry about money. I don't think. Um, and then touring's an expensive business, and they were always out on the road. But I guarantee, um, Steve I talks about this as well, when he says that, yes, he's not making a billion dollars for the record company, but he is the nickels and dimes. He's like, I wonder what the average sale is for a motorhead record, even the bad ones. You know, if so Bad Magic came out, I wonder what the sales were. You know, previous albums, Hammered and stuff. I wondered what, what their sales were. I bet you they were respectable by a normal person's standards, yet they're not multi-platinum albums here but they're still respectable so i don't think he had to worry about money and by yeah, that extension i don't think it was a decision making process but i agree with what you're saying that sometimes they have to find it's 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 dancing with the devil because you're like okay we can go on tour and tour the world if we do this hmm okay well we've got more chance to get let uh, to balance that statistic of one of a thousand if we got on tour we can maybe make it 50 out of a thousand mm. people will start to get into us i get that yeah i totally totally valid uh, but there's just got to be an element of dancing with the devil and knowing what you're going to get out of it uh, it sounds to me certainly from what you were saying about the albums on previous podcasts is that some stuff has been made by the label and some pressure's been made by them uh, I think it's going to get worse as we go on into like the late nineties as well. When they get yeah, to the thing, I think there's, there's some stuff. Coming. Yeah. There's a bit of an appropriation of 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 Mozart stuff, like where you think Lemmy's probably just gone, yeah, whatever. I you know I know what's in front of me. That I don't think he was a, a great businessman. I don't think he wanted to. But what's interesting about Mozart is that they're one of the first bands that perfected branding. They they yeah. almost perfected it in like a, a very quick succession. The logo the look, the sound, how every album is kind of more or less the same sort of artwork-ish, in the same way that Maiden did the Eddie thing, they had the, the Snaggletooth thing. They kind of had that sort of figurehead that a lot of bands have just kind of totally ripped off, like you're totally ripped off. And so they were the first kind of, by probably just because the necessity, they were like, this is us, and, and that's it. And doing that statement at the beginning of every Mozart show, we are Motorhead and we play rock and roll, that's and then, like, and then, and then, and then, and then, like you need to be told, but uh, yeah. 
And I just think, yeah, there's a bit of a dancing with the devil with that. I always wanted, like I saw uh, Rain and Bloods on that advert for, for recycling or green. Yeah, yeah. And I shit myself when I saw that. I was like, oh my, because I heard the music playing and I was like, what the fuck is this on? It was coming to the tel- to the, 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 the room, the television's on. And the missus, who's like a huge Slayer fan, she was just like, this is amazing because I'm hearing Rain and Blood, but it's advertising uh, ecosystems it's, and, and I'm just thing, like, shit. Yeah, it's like, well, Motorhead's my thing. He, it, I, I don't like it when someone's wearing a Motorhead t-shirt who obviously mm. doesn't like it because because yes. they, they, it's like the Motorhead family kind of vibe. Like, yeah, yeah. The, the the great thing about metal over all the other genres is like you can show up at a metal show and just talk to someone else in the same t-shirt yes. and you're just going to be on yes. the same point about thing. Yes. If you roll up at like a punk gig or something like punk, I don't want to offend anybody or anything, but like punk people are very clicky. You know what I mean. I think I've. I listen, okay, I hear what you're saying. Yeah. Um, I think that there's elements of that in any music. I think that even in metal, sadly, there are slight bits of elitism. There's not many. It's certainly way less than the most musical genres. And I think punk and rock and and and, and all that type of thing. And certainly, uh, you know, metal as a as a whole genre is more welcoming than um. The, the the most genres i talk about on my podcast about a disabled ladder at a gig that it was an amazing event i won't tell you about that so that's for another day um about uh girls uh at uh, 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 metal shows and how well they're treated and, yeah. uh, and that type of thing and how it crosses genres and, and ages and colors and religious beliefs and all that type of thing and it crosses that metal really is one of those those musics that covers that and that's what's so so wonderful about motorhead is Motorhead really didn't give a fuck about you. They were just like, you're one of us. That was the first time I think I felt part of a thing was like being into Motorhead. Like, if I see a guy, the Swan's a 10-minute walk from here, I'll go in the Swan, there'll be someone in with a Motorhead T-shirt on, and that will tell me a lot about them, and a lot of it will be good that I'll be able to sit down there with them and I'll be able to have a fairly good conversation because I know what they can stand for. And metal is like one of the few... I don't believe you have that at every single gig, uh, every single type of music gig. There's certainly some that it's very standoffish, but metal has that, and that's it's very incredibly important. It's incredibly important to me, anyway. I think it's because maybe like when we were when we were kids going to Motorhead gigs, like in the teens, like it was like oh, like the older fellas who've been there since day one. What was your what? first show? Did you? I don't think you've mentioned this in the podcast. Do you remember? It was when they were Tower and Hammered. Okay, and so two thousand and. I don't know something, something like three, that. Two, I was yeah. in high school. Okay, and you were with Anthrax. High school. Were they yeah. supporting Anthrax then? Anthrax was supporting. I was going to say because yeah, it it'd be a fucking power move to oh, say you get. You, who's going to follow that? Like? So good. Uh, yeah. And like I was in high school, and like I, the next day, still not being able to hear properly, yeah. Yeah. and I was like, "This is fucking cool." Yeah, tennis. I, I, I discovered tennis. I had to tell to other people yeah. like I can't hear because I was at this gig last night. Yeah. Do you remember trying to get other people to listen to Motorhead when you were younger? Uh, it had two effects. Uh, every time I did, uh, it had one of two effects. Um, one, people would just look at me. <laughs> like, I'd, like I'd done something wrong. They were just like, what the f-? It's like listen, putting a horror movie on and the tone of it is something that someone yeah, just does. It's, it's the same it's thing. The, it's the horror movie thing, isn't it? Yeah. And I'm just like, and they're just like, I, I don't, what is fucking wrong with you is the first thought. And it's like, it also, it's like when um, Dimebag first played his uh, uh, Pantera to his dad. His dad was like, people are going to think there's something wrong and take the record <laughs> back because the vocals aren't polished. Lemmy's vocals aren't polished. No. You know, the guitar, you know, and you know, 
I, I'm a big fan of Eddie naturally because the, the first sort of Bronze Age in, in, inclusion of them. Uh, it, it it isn't exactly you know uh, you know polished. The drums are kind of very fast, and he was do- at the time when I was this was doing something fairly unconventional, you know, kind of very close to sort of thrashy beats, and and he was singing them at stuff, and a lot of it I remember like playing Louie Louie to someone, <laughs> just like, is this like someone's drunken dad? And I was like, this is fucking Lemmy, this is fucking Motorhead, you know. But then an interesting thing happened is that my dad isn't with us anymore, but my dad and. Um, I, I, I was listening to a Motorhead album. I can't remember which one it was. I'm going to say it. Oh, I can't remember which one it was, but I think it was... It must have been, been a I don't know. Anyway, he, he just didn't give me shit about it. He didn't say it was bad. He didn't say it was good. He just heard me listen to it, and he was like, okay, <laughs> that's fine. Because even even him, who had no knowledge of music, and we did, of, of, but of, like, of that genre, was like, even he knew who Motorhead were. They were bad boys. They were kind of like tough as nails and that was it so your, so your first gig was like hammered and that was around the time when um, he did the music for sort of working with Triple H Paul. yeah that's how I got into it because so, of the Triple H so I now I now work as a general manager of TNT Extreme Wrestling oh, yeah, and the yeah, reason I one of those shows the reason I do that um, or because they've let because you know Jay after the, the fantastic guy who runs who runs TNT he let he's let me on board to kind of help out is I discovered wrestling and then I'm watching wrestling, and then Triple H is coming out with Motorhead music, and yeah. I'm talking about Lemmy, and then I'm like, shit, these fucking, I like those two worlds, and they're in together, this is, and then I remember seeing him at WrestleMania, where he comes out, and and, and, and Lemmy's playing oh, him out. that's shocking live performance. And I'm like, well, t- to me, I like, this, this is the other thing, like, I, I, it's hard for me to, with our little group circle that we've got here, I can critique it's a terrible way of saying it. Motel, we can say, oh, we didn't really like that, and that's a, not a great song. I don't think there's anything wrong with saying like it wasn't the best. You know, outside of the circle, I'll fucking stab you. It's like <laughs> I, it, all the Motel songs are great. Everything about them is great. So when he came out, yes, the, the sound's fucking awful. It's a live show that he's uh, probably. I don't. I don't. I think it's just him, isn't it? He's flagged by session guys. Is no, he? no, because I remember Phil. Campbell's did he have Phil? Yeah, I can't remember. Yeah, I, but I remember, did. I was so fucking marked out. For the fact that it was like shit, he's got his murder one caps and everything, yeah. and I was, this is fucking incredible. And he comes out and the, once again, Lemmy comes back into my life again, and I'm like, shit, Lemmy's fucking cool as fuck. He's into the same <laughs> shit I am, you know. So then, did you do what I did? Did you go, okay, I really really like this, is fucking great, and go back and did you buy like a whole clutch? You know, of I'll tell you the story. Do? Um, I've, I've probably told you this matter as well, but I used to, because. Uh, piss poor that we were didn't have a computer so uh, we had to go around to my mate to do IT homework right. so he'd just turn on his computer and let me do the work and he'd go do something else he downloaded Triple H's, Triple H's entrance music from Kazar yeah Jesus there's a pull but it wasn't like the a proper file it was like right. something that someone had pulled from Kazar and looped over and over again because okay. it, it was just like, like the bits when Michael Cole wasn't talking over <laughs> it <laughs> yeah. so it was just that like da 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 like on the loop and yeah. he left it on repeat and I was sitting there listening to that for like an hour and I'm trying to work out how to do a spreadsheet and I was like it just played over and over and over that's, in head. That's and, it. and I was like this that's is fucking easy. cool yeah. and then around the same period my brother was like oh by the way you're coming with me to see Alice Cooper and I was like okay yeah he's like go get an Alice Cooper CD Shit. so I went to Virgin okay. to get an Alice Cooper CD yeah. 
and there was two for one Alice Cooper <laughs> so you get and Motorhead the what best Al- of what Alice album did it you was get? a best of okay yeah and That's then it was cool. a Motorhead best of right so I got both of them sure and like I came back listened to them but like I love Alice Cooper mate yeah. That motorhead play got played to death, and like, yeah, it was yeah. coming home to my brother and saying like, oh, "I got this motorhead thing while I was there as well," and he was just like just this pat on the shoulder, like yeah. "Welcome, oh, the acceptance. welcome." Yeah. And then it was just thinking me and my brother going to gigs, you know, it's like yeah. the, the family thing of it. Like the, every year we get in touch, yeah, yeah. and then and when Matt moved to the city as well, and we started playing in a band together, and that was like, then we start going to the gigs together, yeah, yeah. and then we go all of these gigs together. It's just. A, so so what what would for viewers and uh, listeners at home um this like kind of little studio that the guys have got set up the dog box is it, oh is it called the dog, the that's, dog box that's great is <laughs> is adorned with with uh with the with the paraphernalia of we've uh, got a lemmy uh, shrine uh, it's, it's there's a whole shelf there dedicated a, to motorhead. there is there's like a gold pop thingy uh there's like there's some science stuff you've got hammered and and death of glory matt's and, and got and the I bigger just, collection matt's got because we dropped the we dropped the needle on everything we we do on the podcast and, now and Matt's got every copy of the well, vinyls and, and these trying. guys <laughs> as you can tell by the sheer enthusiasm the look in Liam's eyes when he's talking about first discovering uh, you you forget, Motet, you? that's in 2002 <laughs> and we're at 2018 now if you're listening right now and you, you can't buy that um, they, they, these guys are, are genuine fans you know I was worried about coming on because I was like I really like Motet but I think these guys really like Motet <laughs> So I'm like, I, 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 was, I was kind of surprised, but it's, it just comes across, and it comes across on the podcast. Um, Hang on, I want to hear Matt's, I don't think I've heard this story the first time you heard oh, Motorhead. Christ, yeah, I don't yeah. know about the first time I heard them. I don't, I, for some reason I remember having pretty much the bronze records, so I had Overkill, Bomber and Ace of Spades for ages. Right. I think after that, that was pretty much as I moved to Liverpool, I bought Inferno, and that was the first show I went to back right. in... It was back in Sheffield in a venue called the Octagon. I know the Octagon. Yeah. I've heard of the Octagon. I don't know. I've never been. It's pretty cool because yeah. it's it's an Octagon. It's so an wherever octagon. you stand, <laughs> wherever you stand, you're close to the band. Yeah. It's yeah, dead yeah. cool. But um, I think Sepultura supported them on right. that oh, tour. Yeah. I was on that tour, yeah. yeah. So what dates are we at here? Was like... Oh, four, I think. Okay, so we haven't got... Um... Max anymore have we we've got Derek now they've Green. got Igor uh, well Igor's still there isn't he and, and Derek, Derek Green, Green. Yeah. yeah it was boss but yeah. it's I did like Sepultura quite yeah. a lot but did they... you go for Motorhead or did you go for Sepultura I went for Motorhead yeah. Sepultura was a bonus but like cause I think they had they had the Dante's Inferno album they had out and I right. can't remember what it's called okay. it's like Dante 11 or something like that right. I can't remember exactly what it's called and it is a good album but the problem is since as you say since Max left it's not Max like, yeah. exactly like I love Derek to bits but yeah, yeah yeah every album was like did progressively worse <laughs> yeah well you're coming off the back of like you know the, the, the dated roots you know and it's like roots really roots and it's like it's going to be tough coming back from that like that's yeah. the, that's their ace of spades you know? yeah I mean I mean props to them for like releasing an album based on the divine comedy like yeah it's a big grab it's a big grab yeah you're not gonna hear a motorhead concept album unless the concept is like the concept is motorhead in each of the albums which is weird like i suppose yeah yeah. (laughs) there you go got too deep so then that was the first time you saw them then did you do what liam did and kind of go okay i've got to get by some albums here that was That was pretty much it. As I say, I had the bronze stuff, yeah. and I bought. Just so we know, I, and some people death. might be confused here. The bronze stuff refers to when they were with um, the the record label Bronze. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that was, and they had like a they did like most of the cl- the, the now assumed classic albums, and then they did most of kind of fucking 
had a ton of problems with them near the end where they were releasing best ofs and, yep. and craziness <laughs> and obviously they fell out and they schismed from that and a lot of people refer to the bronze age if you will as being the, the age when they were doing that like there people think that there's m- multiple ages of, of, of modes and I suppose there is but um, the bronze thing refers to their album and it's weird that like a lot of people's best albums are all in that time when they were having Seems like the record company just fucking didn't care about them at all. Yeah. They just seen as a cash cow. Gets made, man. I mean, Monty Python got made because the TV people were like, oh, I don't care, just go on TV. Yeah, yeah, and just, then just that get was it the done. result. You know, I think that's <laughs> then what happened during like the, the, the certainly the seventies, uh, you know, and and in early eighties with, with with bands where they were just like, we don't understand it, but it seems to be quite popular. Go yeah, fucking get yeah. it done. The only problem was is that eventually they were like, once they kind of got big, they were like, okay, we need another one of them. Uh, well, we can't do that again. It was a one-off. No, neither. We need two of them by next week um, because we're going to take you out on tour to do that and you're going to go back out. And it just kind of destroyed bands. Like, it wasn't the success of the music. It was the success of the money that was made by ultimately kind of destroyed something. And you, Monty Python's a perfect example. You get stuff where they're like, okay, we need this now. And then you get, like, um, by Holy Grail, the ending of the Holy Grail's bit is rewrote because they ran out of time. Yeah. And it's like, it's, it's, it's an art decision based in the money world and it's like oh fuck and that's what happened to Motorhead like near the end there was lots of artistic decisions made by the businessmen with like well we need another album out here you're going to have to do this here's another best of we're going to do this you need to do a beat and there was a lot of rush stuff and that gives good stuff because you get killed by death as a b-side you know some stuff you get that, that's great but then you get obviously some stuff that ain't like you know yeah, but yeah to so the bronze age because I, I, I at first I was talk, I listened to you talk about that I was like they mean the, the record I wonder if everybody else does because um, not a lot of people might yeah we're in our own little in, inner circle here yeah, yeah we're in inner circle we're, we're all safe now yeah it's interesting the way stuff works out with the label sometimes because I think Iron Fist is recorded because the label wanted it but yeah. I, I remember this years ago with Megadeth because Dave Mustaine had that that accident where he had to basically relearn guitar. Yeah, he, had he to fell asleep yeah. in a chair on. Yeah, he did. Yeah, <laughs> but apparently, the songs that were written for there, like after that, weren't supposed to be a Megadeth record. That was supposed to be another project. Right. But the record label came back to them and says, like, you had a six album deal. Mm. Your last album, you've you know your fifth album was the world needs a hero we're waiting for another album here mm. so that's the only reason like the system has failed and pretty much everything after it yeah is a mega death record it's yeah. bizarre it's yeah you I, you get that i mean like but you gotta understand that like it, it, when they were doing records the average rec- record and i mean a vinyl here is 10 songs maybe 11 maybe 12 you know uh or, or if you know if you frank zappa three songs on, on, on album it's like you know five one side five the other so who's writing 10 songs exactly 10 songs that are exactly three minutes 50 long who's doing that you know it's not bands that last you know so it's like and and a lot of times like you know it's not because lemmy wasn't prolific he was and he was and here's the other thing is lemmy doesn't get enough respect anywhere near enough respect for the quality of songwriting oh god and a yeah. turn of yeah. beautiful turn of mm. phrase you know he he wrote uh hellraiser which obviously ozzy did yeah uh but he also wrote mama i'm coming home Great song. And if you listen to the lyrics, that, that's a beautifully crafted song, irrespective of, you know, what, what kind of Ozzy did with it in that way. That's a beautifully crafted song. And you forget that, that he's kind of like... he. What I want to hear is um, he did work with Steve Vai, a huge Steve Vai fan as well. And Lemmy wrote with, with, with Steve Vai as well. 
um, and did some stuff with that. I wonder what the fuck that's like. That, because yeah, the, the, the record label, yeah, Steve Vai says like the what, what the people asked him like, oh, but I've heard you did some stuff with Ozzy and you did some stuff with Lemmy, and he was like, yeah, but the record company didn't didn't like it at all. Who knows what that sounds like? Yeah, yeah. but Lemmy was incredibly, you know, some of the turn of phrases. Um, are just incredible. Are That's just incredible. What, what we've learned by doing this is just like sitting there looking at the lyrics. And it's like fuck, that man's yeah. a poet, you know. Yeah, some of it, some of it can be a little bit ham-fisted, a little bit eighth-grade type of, you <laughs> know, lower six type it's, of. It's songs about stuff, girls but... and rock and roll. Yeah, you know what I mean. But then... And that's not, there's nothing wrong with that either. The, yeah. the, the the good vibes in those songs, but there's there's still room he, for that. Like, Lost in the don't... Ozone is one I keep going on about. What a fucking great song that is. That's like, that's like poetry mm. set to heavy metal tune man it's there's such a wide spectrum of many different songs and it, it but but that's the way i like it baby i don't want to live forever <laughs> you got a better you lyric sum it up in a working man poetry way that's, yeah that's well that's it like he's it. like that that almost well he was a huge fan of the beatles and 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 by extension there john lennon you know you can you know he had this huge love for the the classics the huge love of like um you know like Chuck Berry and stuff like that. And he often talks about like being around before rock and roll existed. Mm, yeah. yeah, that's crazy. And it, you think like he he was around for Little Richard and stuff yeah. and and that type of thing. And he must have heard that the first time when he's in the Vickers and stuff. And he's like the rock and Vickers, yeah. Peyton Peyton houses on his. And he must have heard them and just just drove him crazy, like you know. And he wrote stuff for Hawkwind as well. And but I think he doesn't get enough anywhere near as enough credit for being. A well crap people think oh yeah it's just about songs about fucking and drinking <laughs> not where i'm coming home isn't um, we are the road crew is i did a thing on on the, the spoken metal show about my favorite songs about touring and um that's that's one of them because it's if you're about to if, ladies and gentlemen if you are about to go on tour be it in a band or be it a part of the crew you need to listen to we are the road crew and then listen to it again after you come off tour, and I'll guarantee you there's six things in there that will have either happened to you or you'll think about that, and you will. It's it's a perfect chronicle of of touring. You know, it's it's perfect. It's it it's the reason it's my favorite song of 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 all time by them. E- easily one of my favorite songs of all time. Full stop. Um, simple simple riff, perfect structure, and some of the just the classic lines that are just have happened to me onto another hotel i can't find been there you know it's like you know another word i've learned another border all these things and it's like that turn of phrase he's he's talking to you he's a world traveler that that, 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 that expelling expelling knowledge onto you early on he started to sing about things but then he kind of opened up his world view certainly um with like stuff like stone stone dead forever is 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 uh, everybody can relate to that you know you, there's only so much time you've got when you're fucking dead you're dead yep. that's the message end of but it's put across so well you know it's it, as you as you kind of get through is is catholic even to the latter part of his catholic where he's saying like um uh, the only way you can get it up is with a mastercard and stuff like that that's why people from all over the world like Mozart because the music gets you straight away you're not fucking around you have to figure it out you don't understand what's going on it's there yeah. but also his turn of phrase and his lyrical de- uh, you know delivery is so the it, it it gets straight to the point straight away and let me that's what let me did he got straight and the band fucking you know filthy and 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 that just played straight to the fucking point mm-hmm. you know there's, there's literally no bells and whistles to it for my money um scenes that we're talking about the the first sort of incarnation for me that the the, the the classic one is obviously lemmy filthy uh and eddie yeah, but then i enjoyed 
Mickey and, and Phil just as much. Those are the two motorheads yeah. for me. And they're both just as good and they both did important things. Um, but what's interesting is the is the type of person that that is like you know, like Phil Campbell is you know, you can see why he was in Motorhead you can see why Mickey was is in Motorhead mm-hmm. or is or was um, all those people have characteristics I went off and listened to stuff by them after that because I I knew that I would like it or there would be elements that I liked it listening to Fastway or Eddie's stuff that he did afterwards and the Trick or Treat soundtrack so I liked a lot of that because I was like. I knew what he'd be like. I knew what it'd be like. Same with like you know, Phil now and, and the bastard sons. We I knew I know what I'm getting. Um, so that was my that was my definitely my two favourite sort of. I think that's everybody's kind of favourite yeah. really, isn't it? Uh, it's going to be some awkward bugger in the middle there who goes like, "Oh, the Wurzel years." I, yeah, I preferred it when <laughs> Bill, Brian Robinson joined the band. And you're like, "I'll get fucked." Oh, yeah. Follow <laughs> album is boss. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like I said, all all the albums have a really high bar. Uh, and some stuff hits and some stuff misses but you could probably put any Motorhead album on in any rock club anywhere front to back and no one would say shit even on the, the, the weaker songs like someone would go up and say oh this is shit you just listen to it and you, just, you don't listen to songs by Motorhead you just listen to Motorhead and so you just look That's what are you listening to today I'm just I'm listening to Motorhead what album doesn't matter it's Motorhead that's yeah. true yeah. That, yeah. that's the way I, that's certainly the way I've seen it Um and like I was saying before we came on, the, the seeds that Lemmy and Motorhead have planted now are inexplicably important. In the same way that Metallica created a billion garage bands, Motorhead lay claim to that as well. Um, you know, And I, I hate dropping names, but there's some people that I do need to, to, to name check here. Someone like Whitfield Crane, the lead singer of Ugly Kid Joe, is a die-hard Motorhead fan. He spoke at Lemmy's memorial um, you know, was on, went on tour with them and stuff. His favorite, one of his favorite songs, "Killed by Death." Hugely influential guy. Even their t-shirts are now designed with the the, the, the Snaggletooth logo on and stuff. Huge fan of him. There, he's keeping that going. Someone like Henry Rollins. We talk about Henry Rollins. Yeah. Henry Rollins talks about Lenny all the time. Yeah, Hugely for him. Yeah, carries on. If Henry Rollins became Henry Rollins because of Lenny, Chris Jericho. So there's a, a wrestler guy comes into music. Hugely influenced by Lemmy, hugely always talks talks about talks about Lemmy, James Heffield, you know, and all these people probably wouldn't be those people if they are because of the uh, of Lemmy and Motorhead, and then you wonder how many people who who darn into music got into him as well because it represents Motorhead represents a, a level of commitment to to what you're doing, an integrity and a set of values that people can believe in. And um, like I say, you know, Lemmy was a gentleman, you know, no bullshit, straight up. And people assume that if someone's no bullshit and straight up, that they're aggressive and they're difficult. It's not the case with Lem. You know, Lem was, was, was I, yeah, so I was at Vakken. The last time I saw Motad was at Vakken. I was there with Ugly Kid Joe doing some guitar bits and pieces. And they were playing earlier on in the day, uh, a, a 20 or 30 minute set in, in, on another stage. And Phil Campbell's due to play with them to play Ace of Spades naturally, so his his little rig gets wheeled on. It's an it's a uh, Marshall with a, a half half stack with it with a with a head and he's well. And I'm kind of like looking after my side my my guitarist that I'm working with and stuff. Yeah. And and up comes his 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 roadie and his roadie looked like something out of Mad Max <laughs> because he's just probably been on tour forever. A beautiful human being, and he's like. Um, and he's like, hey, how are you? Blah, blah, blah. I'm like, oh. And he goes, okay, where, where, where are we in the set? And blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, shit, it's fucking... 
it's, it's Phil Campbell, <laughs> you know, it's, and then so I finished setting up, and we maybe a couple of minutes before we're due on, and they're playing. At, he's playing at the end, and I go round and, and there's Phil sitting just chatting on a, on a flight case you do, and I just go up and I'm you know just to be nice as you, you, you always I'll trace out. Hey Phil, how are we doing? Yeah, thanks very much for the blah blah blah. And he's 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 just a super nice guy. And I'm like, oh, it's night really nice to meet you, Phil. And that's it. Don't gush. Don't no photos. Not that nice man. Just like, hey, what? So he comes on. He plays. Um, he, he he plays the song, but he gives the solo as well. I think as I remember, he gives the solo to cool. Sully, the other guitarist. Because how fucking cool is that? Like, you know, yeah. part of so. And he finishes playing off. He goes into into the great blue yonder. I'm still buzzing because it's, it's Phil Campbell. The the roadie comes up to me and he goes, uh, he goes, gives me a whole bunch of plex. And he's like, oh, these are for people who, who work with Motorhead. And I clutch him oh, like that. Wow. <laughs> I've got a picture I'll show you in a second. I should have brought him. I should have given you one. Um, clutch him like that. And I f- to the side of me thing. I'm still trying to play that I'm cool as fuck and did nothing bothers <laughs> me. And I open my hand and there's the plex. What do the plex say? We are the road crew. Oh, what? Can you imagine yeah. that to someone who's listened to that <laughs> song forever? Anyway, just as my like head's exploding... I go back to the to the to the bus and I'm like, okay, um, what's going on anyway? And one of the guys comes up and goes, "We're gonna go and watch, we're gonna go watch Motorhead now, side of stage." Now to go to different stages, I don't know if you're aware of this. To go to different, you can't just wander around. There's different passes for different stages. We were playing on one stage, they were playing on the other. So I don't have a pass for this stage. Now there are quite a few of the guys with me, so we barrel along. Now, we're coming up to the thing, and one of the guys is well ahead of us, and I can see him get knocked back by the stage security. security I'm thinking, yeah. I'm going to get knocked back. The fuck, I'm not seeing Motorhead's not going to happen. So, in, in my mind, is playing Motorhead at this point. I walk up like I fucking owned fucking, <laughs> and I walk past the security the guard who says, yeah. "Who says, excuse me?" And I went, "Fuck off, mate!" And just walk. <sighs> I could have got my ass beaten like I was like, "Fuck off!" Walked up and I walked to to the side of stage. Side of stage, they're just starting their set, and um, I, so I give the nod to the to the, the roadie I've met, the guitar yeah. tech I've met, and my other mate who's also teching leads over to me and goes, "You watch this roadie now. You watch this guitar tech because he's fucking." you're not going to believe this shit so he's teching and in the show there's maybe I don't know that show it's only a festival show there's maybe two or three guitar changes not very many two or three guitar changes so you had the Heineken guitar and a few other exotics but not nothing crazy and I look over and the guitar tech's job is very tough anyway you're constantly looking constantly doing something I'm checking the strings what's the next guitar checking this what's going on is the water on the stage there's a billion things to look after he's got his rig up set up with all his guitars lined up as you would do He's also got another table set up and I'm watching. I'm like, what's that fucking table for? And he lays out like a white linen thing on a table. And I'm like, and my other text nudging me and going, and a lot of our guys didn't get through the security. So it was, wasn't, a, wasn't a few people there. And I'm looking over and he starts laying drinks out, shots. Okay. <laughs> and he's pouring drinks before a couple of minutes before set time. I'm normally like, what the fuck? Let's go, let's go. And he's pouring drinks out and he's handing them to all the people side of stage. He's bartendering. <laughs> and I'm like, this is fucking, what the fuck? And everybody I know that's kind of done anything. I've got a, a friend of mine who does the lights and he was doing the lights once, his little sub story. And just one of the crew came up and go and give him a JD and Coke and just put it on the top of the light thing. He didn't even say anything. Just put on the light thing. What I meant? Just getting him a drink. Anyway, so unfortunately, I don't want to end this story sad because that's not what I'm about. But this was one of the last shows he did before he passed away, oh. and um, it was a difficult set. Um, they didn't. I think 
uh, they played Metropolis, and I think he was he was in a bad way. Now I'm side of stage yeah. with, you know, with with Wood Crane, the name dropping, and 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 uh, Chris Jericho were watching him, and there was a moment we all knew he came back round the, the the cabinets and he was getting there, and I was like, <sighs> so we decided to not watch the rest of the thing. We I don't nothing was said, but all of us just went. We've seen Motet now. They're brilliant. Lemmy's brilliant. And then we we were like at stage left. So uh, to end it in a nice way, I'd met we've been passing previously, I think a download or whatever it may okay. have been. This is what I want to hear. In passing. <laughs> and he's like he, he's come back and I'm taught I've got a very loud voice, as you can imagine, a very recognizable thick accent. And obviously uh, Lem's from Wales and that yeah. type of type of area. So I'm talking away about some nonsense. And he comes past, and we're all kind of waiting. It's like a, a, a press area where kind of people kind of group up and talk. You're you up next to talk to Kerrang or whatever the fuck it is, and and he's there, and I'm chatting away. And as he comes past, he's like just waiting, he's going up, up stairs, and he goes, uh, "Where are you? Where are you from?" Like, uh, which is like he, he was very good with people. He, where are you from? What what are you into? And I was like, oh, "I'm from the other side of the pond, from Liverpool." And he would have known that. Like most people, not from around Liverpool, just see Liverpool as one big thing and don't understand there's a peninsula and Wallasey and all these other areas. It's like when you go to America, like where are you from, Wallasey? Well, he don't understand <laughs> that. They understand Liverpool, um, and then. And he goes, uh, and he goes, and he goes. Oh, yeah, I thought thought as much because of my accent was loud. And I was like, oh. And he goes, uh, and he and he just goes like that. Didn't like put his arm around me or hung tags me or anything like that. Just like you know, like kind of nudged me. I went, uh, we got out though, didn't we? I went up. I was like, that's all we got. We got out though, didn't we? Because he got out of Wales. He got out of life. And we got because we're there at this at the show. And so you like you think going back to back, and that's what I remember then to coming off, and then you know that's. You know that 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 was that was Lemmy. You know what I mean? He, he was everybody's. He's that guy that could walk into a room that he didn't know anybody, probably piss fifty percent of the people off, <laughs> and make the other people lifelong friends. But everybody would respect him when he went yeah. out. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, totally. So you know, for me, I've still got those plaques. That means the world world to me. I I take that ethos with me. I dress like I would if I was going to meet him. I <laughs> act and drink like I would if I was going to drink with him. I love you, Lemmy. Um, you know, uh, and 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 Mickey and all the lads are, are, are all beautiful human beings. But Lem, you know, he was, he was as everybody who's met him will tell you this. Everybody's got a story. Everybody's got a story about how he winked at them or to give them the nod. And and it's just it's that that's the power of the man and the power of the music is that it's it transcended that Lemmy and Motorhead will be forever. He will be forever and rightly so. That's you know? a- Amazing story. Like, <laughs> it's just that one, one fucking sentence and a nod. Just like we got just, out, didn't we? That's so deep. I mean, <laughs> because he really yeah. fucking loved living in LA, didn't he? I've seen him mention that a lot of times. He said himself, yeah, he like, "Why warm. would you stay in Liverpool? Or yeah, why yeah. Would you, why would you well, stay him, in England?" He always he talks about Wales as being the deepest, darkest depths of Wales. You know, <laughs> and it's like, and then and he and he got it, and I think he just, you know, he had that. He had that one. That's why he stayed on tour. He had that wanderlust yeah. of of you know of wanting to to see the world and be in a bigger world and constantly you know and and i think that's why he probably taught he does a song and i interestingly enough it's one of the most played songs in there seth i didn't realize this it, it did it going to brazil it's just a song it's a about rock and roll tune going yeah. to brazil <laughs> because he was that he clearly was that he was still that lad in wales it was like there's a place called brazil <laughs> on the other end of the world where you can go to if you play in a band 
and it, and he must. Have, I'm pretty sure that that was that kid going over there. Go, we're going to Brazil. It's, such a, it's weird to you think know. about a, such a different time that he grew up in, and like yeah. that was such an unfathomable dream. Like he, you, yeah, you could see pictures of it in magazines, and that would be it. Yeah, it's like kids now, like you can just get up online and you can do a virtual tour of Brazil. You know things. Yeah, the about world's it. much smaller back yeah. then. And he just came out of that small world. The seventies and eighties thing. No internet. Touring must have been this in, you would talk to a guy on another it's before faxes you'd <laughs> talk to another guy on the other end of a phone that you'd never met and you'd have i can't imagine how how they did it and so it was to seem like when he was there painting the houses and stuff and being in the vicars and playing these worker men's clubs and stuff he must have been like there's no way i'm getting to 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 what you know that must have been mind-blowing so i think give him that wanderlust and that he wanted to go and see the world and and Lemmy belonged on tour. If he was not, he didn't belong on tour. He belonged in the Rainbow, and that was just the Rainbow. Effectively, was his waiting lounge for flights. Waiting for yeah. That was all it was. He was like, put him at the end of the bar, and you know, put him on the machine, and that's him while he waits for his next flight. I'm pretty sure everything was in between tours for him. You know, it's yeah. like you know. Uh, those type of people touring breaks people or it makes them you must have seen a lot of that being with like a guitar tech yeah I've I've been have you ever seen like a band like uh, on the first tour and you've been like they're not going to make it uh, my very first tour was very much like that I I, I learned the business by not that I like I do much of it anymore but I've seen how you know think about this that sometimes you don't you there's not availability to do stuff so you go to one show and you miss the food call or no one keeps any yeah. food for you. So you're not eating for that night because you haven't got the time to or you get on the bus and there's no food on the mm. bus or whatever or your PDs, you, you pay you get every day. You, you want to save it to earn, keep your money for everything. And so you become this crazy scavenger. Then, well, you sometimes you don't get sleep because sleeping on a bus is hard. Um, you know, so you don't, you're not sleeping. You're not eating properly for the large portion of it. You're away from people you love. You know, I'm very rarely have the time to sit down and have a Skype with someone, even in a modern age. You you very rarely kind of see people love, and and often you you thrust in every show is thrust into a conflict and a war zone where you've got very little friends except the crew around you. So you go to a show and you don't know what to expect, even if you've been there a hundred times before. You know, there's a multitude of problems, and it's a very very tough world. There's a lot of mental illness connected with people who tour because as well you can't complain there's no one to go to there's no union for touring you can't go to the hr department of touring it doesn't exist it's like you know shut the fuck up and get on with it it's very hard and i've seen bands be broken by it but what's fabulous is when people bloom because of it ah yeah the other side of it yeah so going out and tour gave me confidence gave me the ability to get on my very first tour i did where i had to fly I had to fly out there on my own and fly back, which doesn't sound like a big deal now, but back when I did that 10, 15 years ago, it, it I was terrified. I'd never been on a plane before. I'd never got to do it on my own. How'd you do it? Yeah. And so, you know, uh, you kind of learn and you get this toughened skin. And what else you do as well, and certainly let me add that, was that ability to acutely get to someone's essence very quickly. This guy's full of shit. Yeah. She's honest. Yeah. yeah, you get very, very clued in to kind of oh, you get kind of the world wiseness of stuff. Like every culture has different sort of uh, etiquette, but there's a universal one to how to treat people. You know, uh, Lem had it, Dimebag had it. Uh, these people who were like remembered forever in the histories of metal learned how to be 
uh, a, a nice guy on tour and, and kind of help bands through because at the end of the day you're there because you can do the job that's a given you're there because you're getting paid that's a given but you're also there to kind of be a family you know and that's what i go back to being the crew for motorhead motorhead that's a tough gig because you're touring a lot you're touring a, a hell of a lot of time the expectation is high because it's motor fucking head it's a tough gig because the expectation is you I don't, which i don't think was the case later on is that you're drinking and you're getting and you're partying a lot that's a that's a tough old gig and they're seen as being like the the best of the best so yeah i've seen a lot of that i've seen it break people i've seen it make people because there's the and rollins goes on about this all the time the if like the bands today went out and tough as much as david when he was in like black flag or something they just wouldn't be around what you're listening to when you hear motorhead right the way up to to bad magic is a band that has literally been on the road for like 40 years yeah. that's what you're hearing and you can't duplicate that you can't replicate you've been you're in bands right and you played in bands and you must have covered um motorhead songs right you must have had yeah, to go about it yeah. yeah you're never getting that there's something it's like trying to cover an acdc song yeah it's the the the, the back and black sounds easy as hell yeah try and get it exactly like malcolm and angus try it's not going to happen ace of spades is deceptively simple deceptively simple right up until you try and play <laughs> and it's a fucking nightmare yeah. um and that only comes from being on the road for and and, and experiencing that and that's why like you know, my favorite songs we are the road crew because it explains that but i've seen bands get broken and i've seen them get bonded by it as well and and quite often motet's one of those things as well where on tour you can kind of be safe putting them on like the the jukebox on a tour bus is sacrosanct so is the television okay. where it's like if you're putting something on you better be fucking damn sure <laughs> you know, you're gonna have to answer to yeah. that aren't you yeah motorhead's a good i i would either put motorhead on judas priest acdc and these are like no what the fuck someone's going to say they don't like motorhead on tour and on a metal tour the fuck they are it's a safe 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 situation like so yeah it's uh yeah the, the, the jukebox is sacrosanct and uh, i guarantee i guarantee in every metal or rock venue in this fine land and beyond, there is some, there's either the motorhead wings, the motorhead writing, or something about Lemmy or a picture of Lemmy. There is no other artist, I believe, can say that. No other artist. And certainly no other band. Do you tell me what? Slayer might have a couple of Slayer written on there. Metallica might have a little bit of it. But I'm guaranteeing you now. Look, the, when you go to... You, you've been to Bloodstock. You've been to the Bloodstock Festival. Okay, we need to go to Bloodstock. And at Bloodstock, they have a, a Lemmy's bar now. And this is a yeah, massive bar that, yeah. that they erect. And they have the, 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 the thing there. And his, and his crest, if you will, is, is on that. And, that. and that's that there. And, uh, you know, the, there's a wall where you sign stuff and sign what he means to you. And it's a beautiful wall because it's a picture of him that classic kind of sideways look that he's got. It's all white at the start of the festival, three days long or so. And it gets filled in with black handwriting of people with lyrics, people write lyrics about what they mean to you and all that. And I wonder how many people now in the world we have that will have that legacy or even possibly could have that legacy. There's never going to be another one. There's not there? going to be. And I don't want it to be another one. I just want it to be someone else who's doing that. It's like, you know, is it Heffield? Well, Heffield's my guy because he was the, the the first kind of proper metal band that I got into. But then if you watch on the documentary, when Lemmy comes in, he's like he's 10 again. And he hugs <laughs> Heffield and he says, uh, and he goes, all right, son. He says, all right, son, to Heffield. Heffield's 50. And he's like, all right, son. And you're like, shit. But, you know, where are we getting that from? 
who are those people? Rollins, we need to talk about him. Yeah, definitely one of those sorts of touchstones, you know. I don't know if we want, I don't, I don't want another Lemmy. I obviously, I'm glad that we live in a world where there's not another Motorhead because there couldn't be. But no. I just, yeah, there was a part of me that thought, what if people are mad and they just, would you go and see, here's a question for you then, would you go and see the hologram tour if Lemmy did that? He wouldn't do one because there's no way, but Dio see, did one. Do, he's doing, doing one, I, I, I should I'm say. a big Dio Zappa. guy and I don't know if I would. Yeah. I, it's, it's, it's tough, it's isn't not it? him. It's impersonal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because part of it's the front man interacting with the like audience. It, yeah. it feels Especially, like a cash grab as well, doesn't it? You just bit. can't get past that, I, can you? I'd... I'd if I, if I even considered it, I'd have to sit down, research whose whose idea it was, yeah. who's backed it. I think who's, that's, that's who's a, on a, certainly with the Zappa Trust. The, the, there's been a big problem with it, and uh, it, it it does. Yeah, it's if, who who gives their blessing and stuff to to you know to that estate. Like, really makes a difference of it. It's tough. It's like you, the way I see it, you missed your fucking chance. Yeah. If you didn't go and see him. Yeah, yeah. Tough. I'll go see a tribute band, you know. Yeah. You know, like, I'm not, I'm not, and I'm not expecting them to be pitch perfect either. I'm yeah. like, oh, I'm gonna hear some Mohead tunes that I know. Yeah, I'm fine with that. There's some, there's, 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 a, there's some fabulous Motorhead tribute bands as well out there. Motorhead, uh, Stone, Death Forever. Uh, my friend Neil Meller, it was a guitarist in, in, in a Motorhead band. And I was asking, him, I was like, what's it like playing for um, playing a Motorhead? Essentially, what's it like yeah. being a Motorhead? And he goes. It's non-stop. So there's, there's, like, tell me a Motorhead ballad. There ain't one. Even the slow songs are like, you know, you think like Overkill? It's like, it's a slow song. Oh, sorry, the Damage Case. Like, that's like a slow song, but it's not, is it? It's like, bam, 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 Then when everything gets played live, it all speeds up as Yeah, well. yeah, it's like, it's huge. Even their slow stuff is an assault, and he's like, it's fucking, you go on stage, you start, start the set, and it's like, bam. That's it right the way uh, through. Like you know, work. yeah. It's, but that's it. Yeah, you go to see your cover bands because look, if you didn't see Lemmy, if you didn't see oh, you know, think about like all the all by extension bands like Headcat, like his his yeah, disorder. Yeah. You didn't see these bands. Fucking tough. I was out drinking with uh, uh, one of my um, my father in law passed away. One of my uh, uh, we having like a, a night where we went out drinking with some of his friends, and these are all guys in the sixties. And I've got a lot of fucking stupid stories. I've met this person, I've done that, whatever, no one cares. But these have got guys who've got stories about seeing bands the first time round. People like Motorhead when they first would the go first round. Time. Where you could sit at the side on the stage with your arms folded and watch Motorhead and they turned up in a van. Um, you know, the first time seeing like sort of Black Sabbath yeah. and Led Zeppelin and bands like that where you know and, 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 and he was saying that you would just go and watch Thin Lizzy, you would just go and watch these bands and see the first round. And that's 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 their precedent. So circling this back slightly, then because of that, and seeing and you missed your chance to see Dio, you missed your chance to see Bon Scott, you missed your chance to see Zappa. Now I'm telling you now, see these people who are up and coming and trying to become those people. True. See them, so you don't have to fucking whinge that you didn't get to see these people uh, when they when they passed away. Unfortunately, you know. There's something about Motorhead, like I was saying before, like when you go to the gigs and you see all the oldens there in the yeah. denim and leather, like it's yeah. like the oral tradition. Because I'll listen to anyone, like obviously who's got a Motorhead story, yeah. And like you, you say to people, like I, I work with some old, old like prog rock heads, and I, yeah. I say like oh, I like Motorhead, and they're like oh yeah, I like Motorhead as well. This album's a bit like that. I remember when I saw them in this venue yeah. in seventeen whatever, and I just love hearing shit like that. Yeah, and yeah. it's not gonna happen again now because you can say to your kids like. Oh, I, I saw Fozzie in this venue here 
here's a video of it here's a video yeah. from another angle here's a live recording of it you know yeah it's, yeah yeah the it's, oral tradition part of it's gone it's, I, I remember seeing i got side of stage from i've told the story before i was side of stage from metallica and um it was like it blew my mind and i've got one photo of it to kind of prove to myself that it happened but my phone died this is the time my phones went went to grace my phone died before i could record it mm. pick you know to instagram it and do all that so before yeah, yeah. It, so now it lives in my mind and and that's the best place for I, it I to like live doing that myself as well yeah yeah like, so you go say oh we go went back and listen to these albums and i found there's some stuff that's a bit uh, it's, a, it's a bit rough that like you know it's not so good doesn't work but in your mind iron fist is an absolute classic yeah but in exactly. your mind it, it sometimes that's the best place for it to stay because it's like you remember it fondly you don't remember i don't remember the parts of Wacom when I saw them where it wasn't great. I just remember them playing, you know, playing great songs. I just remember the times when I saw them when they were amazing. Uh, when the guy next to me was like, fucking hell, they're playing this. They never play this. And his mind blowing, you know. So I think it's incredibly important that uh, that these kind of memories live on and not in hologram form. I'm not a fan. I believe that now it should be, that, that was your fucking warning. That was your red card. Uh, or your yellow card, I should say, before your red card, your yellow card of saying, listen, you need to go out and support local music and local bands because these are where these bands are going to come from. So you can turn to your son, daughter, later on in life and go, um, yeah, I fucking saw them when they were playing in, in Liverpool. What? Yeah, they were playing in Liverpool. I went to see them at the fucking outpost. And you, I went to see them at the live rooms with like 200 people. Fuck off. They're playing stadiums now. You can't get near them. Uh. Yeah, and now he's dead and now you can't see him. But I did see him then. The next gener- the next Lemmy is is out there playing tonight. Support the scene. Yeah, the, the saying, next yeah. Lemmy, the next Lemmy is out there, and that's the whole thing of this entire career. You, when most rock stars go out to do two or three, two or three shows and then fuck off and do all that, he was just always out there. He wasn't playing on the free check. He wasn't fucking flying from one location to another. He was out there doing, getting shit done, and that person, in one form or another, is still out there playing tonight. Like. <laughs> so that was a good introduction let's get to that yeah so now we got stars we got warmed up good 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 um yeah well, yeah some some uh well thanks for coming on no it's and been a sharing those stories with us man you know it's it's oh, always good to meet it. someone else who's on the same page with us about this yeah, kind yeah. of stuff like i'd so, like to think that we were in the swan we we'd had the exact same conversation just i think some, so i think some these, these down conversations drinks. are probably going on there's probably a conversation right now in the swan where some guy's in that corner and on the jukebox comes uh, overkill and he's like oh fucking remember fucking when remote played or whatever whatever and he goes oh yeah my, my mate said they did there's dead that's happening now it's, it's happening around fucking jukeboxes in, in metal and rock clubs across the land yeah you know I, mean? I, I think we should do definitely more of this kind of interview thing like yeah, yeah I, I, I'm, I'm really interested in hearing other people's stories about yeah. this yeah well it's like you know you've got you. I there's some things I agreed with on, on some of the albums that you've covered some things that didn't and that's the kind of point but I think we all agreed that the, the motor had a, a, a really really good <laughs> and we really like them um, but you know oh, Christ I could talk for, for, for days about them and but you know battery life uh, <laughs> Mike, you got anything to chuck in before we end? I Mas, think it's Master like thinker. Is he a thinker? Yeah, he's, he's the he's considered guy. He's like yeah. the guy in the in in in, in the movie is just standing back and he's, like, he's going to be doing something big. And but at the end, he's, but when he speaks, it's all encompassing. See, like there's the all, there's all like all this pressure now to say something. <laughs> really profound. Tell me all your stories. But no, it's as you say, it's it's taking about what you can. It's like it's yeah. a great band that's last that lasted for over yeah. forty years. 
and you know there's been ups and downs and everything but on the whole like all the stuff that came out of that camp was generally pretty grace and that's yeah. what we should take away from it yeah I mean, that's what we do on the show like even though we do listen to things and go like Ooh, but we, we then we go Ooh, well that was of its time and yeah. Ooh, there's still well, something it's like there to brothers take away argument it. it's like you know the brothers will argue all the live long day but then someone tries to or break up that argument the and then the fucking the, you know they're, they're, they're together it's like yeah there's some some Motorhead songs that are there say oh are not very good but, you know, outside the circle, it's like, fuck you, Motorhead are amazing. Yeah. End of. Irrespective of album or song we're talking about, they're amazing. Because Lemmy and Motorhead are beyond criticism. Like, he'd fucking listen if he had the criticism. <laughs> I don't think he'd give <laughs> a fuck anyway, you know. So, Coop, thanks for yes, coming on. most uh, appreciated. So, you can listen to my show. No, I was, um, was setting you up for that. <laughs> on, yeah. I'm ready for the scenes. Plug, like, plug yeah. the socials, man. So, yeah, so my show is The Spoken Metal Show. Uh, it's on all the uh, sort of social media du jour that you prefer, um, where I talk about, yeah, I, do a sh- I did a show about when Lemmy passed. Um, I did a show about, like, favourite songs by them as well. Um so please take a listen, and you know this is this this one I'm on now, as I'm sure you're aware, is called Motorhead Monthly, and I hugely enjoyed having me on. Hopefully, like you know, there, there was something of interest, of value there, like you know, probably I think you can probably edit it down to about a minute, <laughs> and and then you're good to go. But yeah, no, thanks for having me. I enjoyed it. Yeah, thanks, good man. Yeah, cool. And fade. Yeah, I'm still looking for a catchphrase. Oh, you gotta have a sign <laughs> off. Like I'm looking for mine. Yeah. <laughs>